Let all cats, old enough to catch their own prey, gather here beneath the podcast for a clan meeting. Welcome to Paws and Claws, a podcast where we read the Warrior Cats books in chronological order. I'm Jillian, joined by my co-host and Master of Birds, Scout, and today we will be discussing The Prophecies Begin, Book 5, A Dangerous Path. Scout, how are you today? I'm speaking with my people right now. Tweet, 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 tweet. Um, <laughs> uh, birds are doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've been enjoying. Uh, I'm very excited that we both have Wingspan now and we could play Wingspan on Steam. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I played with Aaron uh, this evening while I was waiting for food to be delivered. He was like, hey, I've got some free time. Do you want to hop on and do a really quick, really quick game of Wingspan together? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes such a fun game i'm having a blast it's so good um i'm so normal about wingspan um mm-hmm. i can't i'm fucking one day i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking get that high score for the weekly thing that's gonna haunt that that <laughs> i don't know how that fucking weekly score is so high uh but uh we technically aren't here to talk about birds we're here to talk about cats how is the prey running the price running pretty decently. We ordered some Mexican food tonight and I had a really good burrito. Yes. Um, they did forget our drinks again. Again? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted some lemonade, man. That's man. all I wanted. Man. And then yesterday we ordered pasta. We have been very lazy this weekend. Hey, um, it's the weekend. It's the weekend, and we ordered pasta yesterday, but the pas- I got pasta carbonara yesterday. That place loaded it up on the bacon. Oh, hell yeah. And I did eat a little too much pasta. Uh, mm. I went to bed feeling way too full. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't get to eat pasta. my tiramisu yesterday, but I had my tiramisu <gasps> just before we recorded today. Oh, and that's a little, that's a little treat for later, little treat. you know? How's Prey yeah. running there? Prey's running pretty good. My dearest mother has been prepping uh, Christmas cookies to Ooh. send out to our family and, and you know, like a little, little packet of Christmas cookies. Mm. Listeners, a happy new year from where you are, because this will be airing uh, quite a bit later. But right now it is the uh, the holiday season. It is one week before Christmas. Somehow. Somehow it snuck up on us. Some Somehow Christmas has returned. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, so so my, my dearest mother has been making a bunch of various Christmas cookies and I have been enjoying being a taste tester. There was also a batch of um, peanut clusters, which are kind of uh, like this new recipe that she's trying it's sort of a drop cookie uh, mm. with oats and and peanuts uh, and peanut butter. Is um, it like a no bake? Yeah, it's like a no bake cookie. I used to make you, those. They're so good. They're so good. You make it. You you make it on the stove and uh, then like you drop them on wax paper and they harden after a few minutes. But the first batch, um, due to the fact that we tend to buy uh, peanut butter that like doesn't have a stabilizing oil in it, uh, it was too thin and so mm. they didn't harden right. Uh, but they still tasted so good. And I <laughs> ate so many very sloppy little peanut. Uh, clusters. I gotta make some cookies this week. Hell we're yeah. having uh, we're having some friends over for uh, Christmas Eve. 
Fun. Um, and I was like, oh, I should make us some Christmas cookies. I love cookies. I really uh, want to make cookies more often. It's just such a such an effort when there's only two of us. Yeah. You know, you can always, um, you can make a batch and then put them in the freezer. Yeah. The thing is, we just don't have a ton of room in the freezer. Yeah. We got, that's always right. We have a whole cake in there right now. Uh, um, damn. Well, oh, is we it have your, the whole top wedding, of our wedding cake your in wedding there. Cake? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. It's a little bit difficult to store things in there when like a third of the space is taken. Is wedding by a cake? cake. <laughs> we have a oh, very small very freezer. Mm-hmm. Our friend, our mutual friend Ian, has like one of those. He's got one of those like crate freezers. Oh damn! Like an ice box kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Damn. And then uh, the the one other food story I have before we move move on is that I'm gonna I'm hoping to make curry tonight. I'm gonna make chana alu. Which oh. is uh, chickpea yes. and potato curry. I think that's like the one type of Indian food that I can get Eric to eat. Because I'm pretty sure he had some at the wedding we went to and, it is and enjoyed a, it. Yeah, it's a really nice... I mean, any any curry is great. But I can't remember if I already said this on the podcast uh, in a previous episode. If I did, I'm saying it again. There's not much better than a potato that's perfectly cooked inside of a curry yeah. It's just heavenly. Yeah, it really is. Like, something about just a perfectly cooked potato. Uh, potatoes, my beloved. Thinking fondly of potatoes. Thinking Let's, fondly uh... of them. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I think they're neat, too. So, unfortunately, dear listeners, this next bit is very uh, visual-based. We are talking about Polish covers again. I can't help it. I have to put them I in the dock every time. I can't help it. They're so cool. This it... one is so dope with Bright so Paw. Sick like hissing at the cover sorry i'm just making it bigger so i can see those dogs yeah they're really good uh um, the dogs are really well done they're like running through the river they're running through water um they've got those snarly bright, little faces they're snarling uh bright paw on the cover with like this splash of blood across her face she's got just, blood on her fangs too it's so cool yeah and then the back is very upsetting. It has a uh, snow kit and the hawks, like, are sw- the eagles about to swoop down on snow kit? That is so horrible. It's he's awful. so little he's and he's all by himself. <laughs> ah. Oh my god. This book is wild. This book was so much, gang. Uh, and then the uh, the last <laughs> image I have here is uh, Unit Tiger Star. He's so <laughs> chunky. The Chinese, there's a Chinese print of this cover uh, with Tiger Star, uh, sort of like a big Tiger Star superimposed over the back. And he's so fucking He's huge. just really round. He's so round. Oh, he's so round. Oh my god, there's a poll on... Uh, on the Warrior Cats website for which of these deaths from the prophecies begin is the saddest. And I can't read it out because it does spoil two deaths that we get next time. Or not oh, next we time. Better, uh, we better... One yeah, of them we get the... next time and then the next one is, I think, two episodes after this. Uh, yeah. So there, the, the reason I started this conversation, let's take this little quiz. How well we know this book. Yeah. Six of six. Six of six. Star Clan above. above. You clearly know your stuff. We know our stuff when it comes to Warriors. 
Um, the the options for the bright paw uh, question were very upsetting. One of them was dog food. <laughs> yeah, no face. Uh, no face. Different. That's a different media. Yeah, uh, that's a Miyazaki. Oh, oh, we will we will get into it. But oh, we sure uh, will. Uh, yeah. Well, glad that we uh we know our stuff. The one that, that tripped me up was like, what warning did Spotted Leaf give Fireheart? I'm like, she gives him so many fucking warnings. She gives him like so many. Spotted Leaf, this chick won't shut up. That's mean. Spotted Girl. Leaf, I'm a, I'm, I'm a defender of you generally. I think yeah. you're mostly fine. But oh my God, you, you talk do a lot. talk to Fireheart a lot in this book. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, there's dogs barking outside. Perfect Ooh. segue mm-hmm. uh, to get into the summary of this book. Our prologue takes us to the mind of another creature entirely. A ravenous guard dog and its pack, seeking freedom from the humans that cage them. Ferocious, hungry, and driven by pure instinct, these dogs escape, heading straight into ThunderClan's forest. At the gathering, Tigerstar announces his new leadership over ShadowClan. Fireheart struggles to deal with the fact as none of the other clans know of his treachery, and he can't call him out publicly at this moment as planned. ThunderClan returns and shares this news, which Bluestar takes the hardest. The cats of ThunderClan are worn thin between fears of attacks from other clans, basic survival, and rebuilding their camp after the devastating fire. Traces of the pack of dogs begin to appear in the forest and Cinderpelt receives an ominous message from StarClan of the words, Pack, Pack, and Kill, Kill. Further struggles plague ThunderClan as Bluestar's mental state continues to take a downturn. She refuses to make the apprentices into warriors as her paranoia leads her to believe no cat can be trusted, meaning Fireheart becomes the de facto leader most days. Concerns arise over Snowkit, Speckletail's only surviving kit, being deaf. Even after this is confirmed and plans are being made for his future, the wild is cruel. A hawk takes advantage of ThunderClan's vulnerable camp and swoops in, taking Snowkit from the clan and killing him. More and more signs of dogs appear, but Bluestar refuses to listen to Fireheart's insistence of there being a pack, instead accusing WindClan of having stolen the prey. Fireheart refuses to allow blood to be spilled without reason, and so he sneaks into WingClan territory to plead with Tallstar to meet with Bluestar. The leaders meet, and things are resolved, but Bluestar knows it was Fireheart's doing. He isn't punished, as in her mind, he is just another traitor now. At the next gathering, it is revealed that Crookedstar is dead, and the new leader of RiverClan is Leopardstar. Soon after, Leopardstar decides to try and take back Sunning Rocks. In the battle, Stonefur and Mistyfoot attack Bluestar, but Fireheart stops them by revealing the truth of their heritage. Graystripe helps to save Fireheart during the battle and is then exiled from RiverClan. He returns to ThunderClan with Fireheart. After the battle, Bluestar promotes Cloudpaw to Warrior because he does not have faith in StarClan and gives him the name Cloudtail. Swiftpaw and Brightpaw are jealous and go into the forest to find out who is stealing the clan's prey. 
in order to become warriors. They're attacked by the dogs, leaving Swiftpaw dead and Brightpaw near death, grievously wounded. She's brought back to camp, and Blue Star performs a rare ceremony to give her a warrior name if she passes on. Lostface. Cloudtail is upset, but vows to take care of Lostface and continue to love her regardless. Tiger Star's kits, Bramble Kit and Tawny Kit, become apprentices with Fireheart and Brackenfurt as their mentors. Sandstorm is upset that she was passed over yet again as a mentor, but eventually she and Fireheart make up and confess their mutual love. Finally, the dogs are found by Longtail. He discovers that Tigerstar has been keeping them fed. As they investigate the situation, they find a trail of rabbits leading back to ThunderClan's camp, with the body of Brindleface at the end. They realize Tigerstar intends to lead them directly to the clan's camp and to give them a hunger for cat blood. The clan must act fast, with most of the cats, including Bluestar, going to Sunning Rocks to wait out the threat. Fireheart is about to succeed when at the very edge of the gorge, Tigerstar pins him down to try and sacrifice him to the dogs. As the leader of the dogs manages to grab Fireheart, Bluestar comes out of nowhere to drive the leader off the cliff, with the rest of the dogs fleeing. Unfortunately, she falls as well and is pulled out by Stonefur and Mistyfoot, who forgive her on her deathbed. In a moment of clarity, Blue Star reconciles with Star Clan and tells Fireheart that he is the fire that will save ThunderClan. And he will do so as its next leader. All right! All right! Who let them dogs out? Who let them dogs out? Dogs let themselves out, kind of. Dogs did let themselves out, though it was uh, gross negligence on the part of the humans. I agree. Oh, this book rules. This book rules. <laughs> Guys, this book, I feel like every second you turn a page, some new bullshit is occurring to these poor cats. There is things so, are happening. So many things are happening. And Fireheart, God bless him. He's doing his best. He's doing his best. My poor little guy. Oh, he has to deal with so much. Yeah. So this book, when I was a child... Yeah, tell me about it. ...was, like, the defining book of the Warrior series for me. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a kid, the concept of this pack of dogs that were so mindless that all they can do is, like, chant that they want to kill scared mm -hmm. the ever-loving shit out of me. So it's here's the thing. It's extremely haunting. It's very haunting. Also... As a child, had had very bad experiences with dogs, mm -hmm. leaving me with a great deal of anxiety around them. Uh, so this did not help when I was a kid, <laughs> uh, because it further reinforced a lot of my views of dogs in that they are just out there to bite. Right. <laughs> so yes, terrifying to me as a child. I did have nightmares about a pack of dogs chasing me through the woods. Oh. Little tail. Okay, well, don't say that, because I also had nightmares about tornadoes running through my school's hallways, so, like... I mean, that's also that's also upsetting. It is, but, like, it's, it's also absurd. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, this was, this was such a delight to come back to, because, like, this is, for me, there are some scenes in the other books that I'm like, oh, man, never gonna forget X scene. 
But like, this is the book to me. This is the book in the first arc. Yeah, uh, like for, for sure. It is the one that like my brain goes back to the most. I it agree. is so evocative. The the whole final chase. With, oh my god! Uh, yeah, with the dog pack, uh, it like leading to the gorge. That shit lives rent free in my head, and it has Agree. for twenty years. Well, no, that's that's you know. So our our mutual friend was like, "All right, I'm never gonna read all the Warriors books, but if you want to make me a list of like the top Warriors books that I should read, I was like, oh, this is on there. Like this is Definitely. one of the books to read if you want to like." understand why people enjoy it this Um, book has everything it has everything it has family drama it has religious drama it has political drama it has horror it has (laughs) romance it has betrayal it's got everything baby it has several upsetting scenes of cats uh, passing away sure does (laughs) fucking great book though like Uh, loved it yeah should we talk about some of these upsetting we deaths? Ta- we should talk about the book. Yeah. Uh, cheery, <laughs> a cheer, a happy thing to start with. The first note I wrote upon starting this book was, I miss Graystripe. Then the third note I wrote was, OMG, Graystripe! <laughs> and then the eighth note I wrote was, OMG, Graystripe times two! I had, I had forgotten that he ended up having such a large part yeah, in this book. Yeah, I did too. As um, much so- as I love him, I definitely forgot like his role that he played in this book. I was like, oh, Graystripe's here. Oh, it's my Graystripe. boy. is having here. said, oh, it is my boy. <laughs> Uh, but the, uh, yeah, the, 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 just like <laughs> writing I miss Graystripe and then him showing up moments later was really funny. I was like, oh, the prophecy is fulfilled. That's my man's. That's my man's. He's oh, just a sweet he's, boy. He's so good in this book. I he think really that, is. uh, Cherith is the, is the, Cherith Baldur is the author for this one. I think that she does a really good job of writing him, uh, and the, uh, sort of, uh, struggle that he's facing with he really like his heart belongs in ThunderClan. He really would rather be back in ThunderClan, but he doesn't want to abandon his kits. But he also doesn't want to uh, betray ThunderClan uh, by like letting Leopard Star sort of go through with some of her nefarious or at least uh, power grabby plans. Yeah, I forgot that Leopard Star kind of sucks I in did, this book. I did too, and. The funny thing is I started reading our next book before we recorded this. <laughs> and even from that, I'm like, Damn, I kind of forgot how much she sucks. <laughs> I kind of forgot that she kind of sucks in these two really bad. The, this one and then the... Uh, and, and then the next one. Oh, God, the next the one. Darkest Hour is rough. Yeah, it's it's real rough, gang. We love a girl but, uh, boss, but... Uh... I just always... I remember... This is, the, this is like the most surface level thing, but I always loved her as a kid because her name was Leopard. Yes, yeah, same. <laughs> the thing is that leopards are cool, and leopards were my favorite animal for a good chunk of my childhood. Oh my so I was god, like, yeah. She's got fucking leopard in her name. She has to be my favorite. No, that's so valid of you. <laughs> oh, one more, one more quick gray stripe thing. I didn't put this in the doc notes, but I had it in my personal notes, is when he <laughs> says, oh, come off it, Sandstorm. <laughs> He's so funny. He's so funny. This whole scene where Sandstorm is like, Graystripe, you're not supposed to be here. And Graystripe's just like, Sandstorm, come on. It's me. It's me. Graystripe. (laughs) Come on. 
It's me. I'm just a little guy. I'm just a little guy. It's my birthday. I could be over here. Uh, what am I gonna do? Oh, it's so good. Uh, we have so we have yeah the the sort of opening of the book with uh all of this drama with Tiger Star. God, <laughs> just picking right up where it where oh, it leaves off in the last one. With Fireheart was like coming into this, he was like, I'm going to expose Tiger Claw's treachery. I'm going to warn everyone that he's out there with Brindle, with um, Broken Tail's rogues. And then he fucking walks right, saunters on up there and is like, I've never done anything wrong in my life. I'm so polite and kind and I'm posturing very, very threateningly, but I am saying so many kind and politically neutral things that no one would ever suspect me of anything. I'm just helping a clan that was in need to get better. Yep. Man. Oh, it made me. Oh, I love. I love me off. (laughs) He pisses me off, but affectionately, like he pisses me off in the way that I like. Oh, you're such a you're such a villain that I just I just want to shake you around, but in a good it's like good villain shit. It's just such good villain shit. Yeah, it's um, he's an excellent villain. He's a really good villain. I'm really appreciating him a lot more this this read. Oh, I agree. I think uh, he I is think a very well written villain. <laughs> yeah, some of the some of like the novellas that have given us a little bit of extra stuff, like just again, I'm I'm still like reeling over his whole thought process and the look into his psyche from Tiger Claw's Fury. Yeah. Um, that has definitely been coloring a lot of how I read the scenes with him in the book since we we went through Tiger Claw's Fury. No, um, I agree. Ah, uh, it's ooh, mm, tasty, tasty stuff. We also almost immediately get this deeply, deeply sad arc of Snow Kit. God, it's little... such a short little arc and it is so upsetting. It's I the thing is that it's really not it's very fascinating that it's kind of slotted in here because it's not I wouldn't call it plot critical. I wouldn't call it like it's very much sort of like a little bit of prestige drama, mm-hmm. like interpersonal social drama that is sort of inserted into the wider narrative here. But it works so well for me. Oh, no, I agree. And I th- I do think it has it has its effect on the rest of of the plot, because I, I do feel like if Snowkit hadn't died, Tawny Paw would have been Sandstorm's apprentice. True. You know, that is uh, that is because, true because Brackenfer wanted to train Snowkit Snow and mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I can work with him like we can figure this out. And then, you know, the deathening happens. Mm hmm. And that's such a that's a that's such a scary scene. I really think between this and Brightstream in the very first book of uh, our our reading in our in our very first episode, the scenes where cats are carried off by large uh, birds yeah. are, I think, like the scariest ones to be. It's, it's horrifying. A very, it's a very frightening concept. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I got to shout out my boy, Brackenfur. I got to shout out my best boy. Oh, he was such a this good is. Boy. This is, uh, this whole arc is, I think, a lot of the, the, like, where my love of him stems. Mm -hmm. Um, you just really see his gentle and serious nature come out here. Um, he sort of ends up working with, working with Snow Kid's mom, Speckletail, uh, to try and, like, start teaching him cat sign language, essentially, and, and, like, help help this deaf kid it is this little this this little white and blue-eyed kid that is was born deaf um and so uh 
Brackenfur really wanted to apprentice, really wanted to mentor him, um, but he's probably never going to be able to be like, maybe he won't be able to be a full apprentice or a full warrior because of this disability. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brackenfur and Speckletail, there's some really touching scenes of the both of them working with Snowkit to sort of try and figure out his limits and his his uh, abilities, like his what abilities. he could learn. Yeah. And really try and communicate with him, which it seems like wasn't happening that much uh, for like the first five and a half months of of his life or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's really sad that uh, because the camp was in the fire last uh, in the last book, there's not enough cover and the hawk swoops down and uh, Snow Kit being deaf didn't know they couldn't hear the other cats calling out to him. And he gets carried off, poor little guy. Yeah, and it's so heartbreaking because Speckletail's trying to, like, motion for him to come, but she can't get his attention, Mm -hmm. and then she's, like, trying, she is, like, about to go running off into the forest to, like, chase this bird down, and it's, like... And Brackenfur does go off into the forest trying to chase the bird down with Swiftpaw. Oh, Uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is, um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, like, this is another thing that has definitely stuck with me for since like the first time i read the book absolutely speaking of more death (sighs) swift paw and bright paw oh that's a that's uh! yeah this is the rough this is really just to me this was what the moment of this book now and when i was a kid that i'm like this is the moment like this is this is it and it is so it's so upsetting. These, you know, because Blue Star does not want to make any of the apprentices warriors because she doesn't think that any of them can be trusted. And Fireheart keeps trying and trying to convince her. And all of the apprentices are like, you're not doing enough. And he's like, I swear to you, I'm trying. <laughs> and he really is. And it hurts so he's bad because he's so really hard. trying so hard. Or, oh, the, the scenes between him and Longtail are agonizing it's because so I true. feel so... I feel so deeply for both of them in that uh-huh. situation. Like Longtail absolutely has every right to just be pissed the fuck off yeah. at Fireheart and be like, you know, why because it does because Blue Star is exhibiting preferential treatment towards Fireheart, but Fireheart is not like Fireheart is like, please stop, please, oh my god, stop, stop <laughs> doing this. Stop yeah. doing this to me. Blue Star, stop it. Um, oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's and he tries and he tries and then his apprentice is made is into warrior. a warrior insult to injury and he's like this is so bad yeah and, and so swiftpaw and brightpaw are like well we're gonna prove that we deserve to be warriors too and the other apprentices were like i think it was thornpaw right well it's fernpaw that goes and talks to dustpelt uh about it that's right yeah uh they're like, we didn't want to get them in trouble, but they wanted to be warriors too. So they went off to go like solve this big problem so that Blue Star would recognize them and like make them warriors. <sighs> and then they just find these two young cats just absolutely torn to shreds. Like the way that they described Swiftpaw's body. I know. Uh, let oh. me find it. The apprentice lay on his side, his legs splayed out. 
His black and white fur was torn, and his body was covered with dreadful wounds ripped by teeth far bigger than any cat's. His jaws still snarled, and his eyes glared. He was dead, and Fireheart could see that he had died fighting. Swiftpaw had been slaughtered like prey. The hunters in the forest had become the hunted. Something had happened in the forest. The balance of life had changed, and for a moment Fireheart felt the ground beneath his paws shift. It's like the fact that he's describing him like like prey is such excellent subtle foreshadowing for what Tiger Star does to Brindleface later on. Ah! Yes. Ugh. The uh the there really is a, a haunting and horror element to the whole arc of the cats who are definitely the apex predators in this uh in this, you know, English forest. Mm-hmm. Um being being hunted. <laughs> being hunted, yeah, yeah. Being being like the they're becoming another rung on the food chain ladder above them is like very, very scary. I agree. Um and I think written very well there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that to me, like you talk about Snowkit being like your touchstone. This I think Swiftpaw and Brightpaw being killed by the dogs is like definitely mine. Yeah. But Brightpaw doesn't die. Except, but yeah, I was going to say, except Brightpaw. Brightpaw uh, does not die. She doesn't. Uh, um, she is very, very badly wounded. And Blue Star does something that I... Th- still find almost unforgivable it's so bad it's so bad dog it's <laughs> like i i have a lot of sympathy for blue star i know like as we've discussed you know she has a myriad of of issues going on here like the few cats she thought she could trust have all turned their backs on her she lost so much she gave up so much to save her clan and she is watching things fall apart around her and she is questioning every decision she has made in her whole life but like as the as the kids say going through it she's going through it but but also to see this young adult this child almost dying in front of you and saying you know what if you die i'm gonna make sure that whatever gods exist I'm going to spite the gods by giving you this horrific name. And if you don't die, then sucks. You have to live with it. <laughs> sucks for you. It's so rough. Um. So, so yeah, Blue Star gives the warrior named Lost Face to Brightpaw, who has had her face disfigured by the dog attack. She lost one eye. She lost one ear. She barely makes it through, uh, like, the early stages of, of recovering from the wounds. Um, but, yeah, it's so... Ru- just that she she does basically use Brightpaw as this tool in mm-hmm. her, like, in the war with StarClan that is completely just inside of her head. Yeah. Um, it's rough. It's so rough. Uh, yeah. One of the reasons that uh, I am all the more grateful for... Cloudtail in this book. Oh, what a perfect boyfriend. What a perfect boy. He literally, like, Fireheart is a little bit orange still. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't quite get it. He's like, Cloudtail's awful close with Brightpaw. 
<laughs> wow, they're such good they're friends. Such good friends. And then Cloudtail is over here like, I don't give a shit if she is named Lost Face. I don't care that she has been brutally injured. I'm going to love her because I like Brightpaw for who she is inside. I'm the like, way he says, you are such a good boy. Like, you've given so many problems to your uncle. But... But you are deep down just a very genuinely sweet boy. And like, this is the moment that in the past, like, turned me around on Cloudtail completely. Yeah, I was like, absolutely. You know, I thought he was being a little bit of a snarky, kind of bit of a shit. You know, he wasn't really like having a two way conversation with his uncle, which his uncle was also not having a two way conversation with him. They were just they, kind of ta- yeah, a lot of saying their opinions at each other. <laughs> but. <laughs> But this moment real. was like, oh, like, this is where we see who Cloudtail really is. Like, mm-hmm. he is a genuine and kind individual who is like, he just loves a lot. Like, he has so much love he in his heart. So He loves so much. The way twice in here after the, uh, the accident, after the attack, he, like, just sort of... Almost instinctively, almost like, of course, it's a given, but I have to say, like, but I'm going to say it. It's just like, Brightpaw, you're still so beautiful to me. Um, yeah, and the way he's like, like... One of the first things he said, he's like, you're, you're still beautiful. I'm going to be here for you. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you. Ah! Also, the, the other thing that just really, like, stuck with me this time is when he's like, when, when, when Brightpaw is is starting to get better and like starting to be able to move around or starting to be able to talk, he like he has clearly spent so much time with her because he's like, oh, Fireheart, don't approach her on that side. She can't see. Yes. And it spooks ah! her. Like you'll 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 be able to talk to her better if if you like let her know. And he's like, hey, it's okay. You know, it's just Fireheart. He's here. It's so so sweet. It's so good. Uh, I do, I do, I gotta bring up just a, just another moment of the, uh, the Fireheart and Cloudtail, uh, like, disconnect is, <laughs> I, I have a quote written down here of Fireheart watching Cloudtail comfort Brightheart and, and f- the thought that he has. Fireheart felt a burst of pride. If only his former apprentice could show the same unquestioning loyalty to the warrior code, he would be one of the finest warriors in ThunderClan. Fireheart, I cannot stress enough, my brother in Christ, how missing you are the point. That's, yeah. <laughs> never has a point been missed so hard. The whole point is you don't need the code to be a good warrior. You can just be a good person. You yeah. doesn't have to be <laughs> my dude. My dude, you literally in this book, you betray the code on multiple occasions. How are you not seeing this? Yeah. It's so much. It's really Um, funny. (laughs) It's so funny. Anyway, orange cat behavior. Very orange. Also orange orange cat behavior is him not seeing how much the girls are fighting over him. Uh, (laughs) Sandstorm and Cinderpelt are like in a full on silent battle uh, about for his attention and for his attention through this whole book yeah it's so funny <laughs> and he's like what is up with them he's like why are they so sassy to each other like what's going on why are they like exchanging venomous looks like what's going to me on? it feels like sandstorm definitely thinks he has a crush on her when he's literally just like 
still feeling that guilt of I failed her as a mentor, so like I've got to be there for her. I think it's also that he genuinely like they already sort of have a clan leader and medicine cat uh, dynamic, like, yes, sort of dynamic going on where she is definitely already an advisor to him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, And he like goes to her for advice and he also goes to her because there's some things that like he has shared with her as Medicine Cat that he hasn't shared with Sandstorm. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to like, he's just like, I'm just trying to go talk to my friend and figure out what the fuck is going on. And Sandstorm is like, why are you spending so much time over there with her? Fireheart, you know, you can't, can't get with a Medicine Cat, right? (laughs) Fireheart, stop it. Meanwhile, if Fireheart knew, he'd be like, what do you mean? I don't have a crush on her. <laughs> I know. Fire, fire, it's Sandstorm. There's the one, there's the one scene where Sandstorm is like, are you just going to leave me over here all day and not come eat the pigeon I picked out for you or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> the oh. girls are fighting. Yes. It's so funny. Oh, it's really funny. It's I am, so I do funny. really love that. Fireheart and Sandstorm confess in this one. I think that was just a really nice, like, moment for them in all of the shit that happens. It was. It's a good, it's a good time. (laughs) Uh, He fumbles, Fireheart fumbles the bag so many times. She is so patient with him. Geez, Sandstorm isn't forgiving me no matter how hard I try. Oh, you mean the way that you uh, passed her over for (laughs) having an apprentice and you keep undermining her authority and you aren't really respecting her wishes. You're real fucking Casanova out here for her. Also, like, the way he literally doesn't explain why... Like, he never explains to her, like, the real reason why... No! He literally doesn't! Why she didn't get the apprentice. He he could have said, well, Brackenfur was going to be a friend, like, going to mentor Snowkit, so I felt it was only right to give him Tawnypaw. And also, I'm fucking worried about Tigerstar coming and killing people, so if if I'm mentoring his son, then he's gonna target me, which he's already targeting me. I don't want him targeting you. Mm Mm-hmm. But he can't just fucking say that because he's stupid. Because he's stupid. I mean, it is the fact that literally a week after his previous apprentice graduated to Warrior, Fireheart is like, I'm also going to mentor uh, uh, Bramblepaw is is very funny protagonist privilege stuff once again. Um, I think a few other cats have gotten that, though. I think probably. Especially deputies, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But also, like, it is... There's just so many goddamn apprentices in Thunderclan right now. There's so many. Even when the the series started and they were like, this is the fewest apprentices we've ever had in Thunderclan history. And it's like, what, five of them? What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> Wild stuff. There's always so many kids running around this ding-dang clan. They cannot um, stop fucking. They, I, love, I love all of them, though. Oh, man. So... I mean, I don't, like, have a ton, like, a lot of, this is just an action-packed book. I feel like we've Mm -hmm. talked a lot about a lot of the big moments, so I do want to talk about the last two, like, big moments. Yeah. Tiger Star's plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. What? Bad. Yikes. 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 Just the slow reveal as they're following this trail of rabbits, and then they're like, what the fuck? Why is Brindleface here? 
Oh, the creep, the the like slow creep yeah. of the the trickle of information, like the way that um oh the scene, another great long tail scene. This is a good long tail book. It really is. The scene where Longtail comes to Fireheart to uh like seek aid and Fireheart oh, yeah. has a paranoia moment, which shout out to my girl Cinderpelt for being like, Fireheart, you know who you sound like right now? You kind of sounded like Blue, Blue Star. Star. <laughs> and he's like, No, I don't. I don't sound like fucking Blue Star. I'm being totally reasonable and not paranoid at all. Uh but but Longtail comes and is like, I Fireheart, I'm freaking out. Tiger Star. I smell Tiger Star at Snake Rocks. Something is going on. Something really bad is going to happen. You have to listen to me. And Fireheart, of course, is like, well, Longtail used to work with with Tiger Star. So how do I know that? And he goes and talks to the Cinderpelt. Uh, but the the follow up scene of he goes to find Longtail and Longtail is pleading to Whitestorm like, Whitestorm, please, Fireheart won't listen to me. You have to listen to me. This is really bad. <laughs> Oh, it's so it's good. good. Um, but yeah, that that reveal that like Tiger Star has been scented at Snake Rocks, and they go and they find this rabbit in front of the the cave. There's like a cave where the dogs have been. Oh, it's good stuff. And they follow the trail of rabbits to the body of of Brindleface, who Tiger Star kills to give the dogs a taste of cat blood, which is so so fucked. Fucked. But also, he kind of slayed. His <laughs> metal is fucked also. It goes, yeah, it goes so It hard. sucks. But also, as far as villain moves go, big, pretty, big pretty w good move. for a villain move, for sure. Yeah. Again, he's a good villain. He's a really good villain. Uh, and then our final death of the book comes at the very end. Man, Star finally having her clarity... Oh, the clarity in in like the throes of death is is rough. Um, that and the clarity in coming to save Fireheart because Tiger Star was there. She mm-hmm. could have gone after him, mm-hmm. but you know, somewhere in her mind, she knew like it would be pointless to go after him. He's got nine lives. If I save Fireheart, he is going to be able to save the clan. Yeah, and just taking that that self sacrifice when she has been so. I don't want to say selfish. That's the word but I'm there, looking for. There, Not there selfish, a... but she has been like isolating herself to protect herself exactly. this entire book. Mm-hmm. And she finally is like, "No, you know what? I have to. I have to give give myself up to protect not just Fireheart, but literally the entire clan." Um, yeah, it's a really good. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. The uh, like the it it might be heavy handed, but damn the the sun breaking through the clouds to shine on his flame colored pelt. Yeah, it's kind of dope. <laughs> that shit kind of rules. Uh, that shit kind of and you know it works in a in a book like this for sure. Um, this is that fantasy shit, you know. Um, it's a it's a book about cats, but it's also a a like high fantasy tale in a lot of ways. Yes. I think. The uh, the the way that Mistyfoot and Stone Fur uh, share tongues with her in the last moments of her life is also very touching. I feel bad for those two men. They, they they really yeah. It's just a lot. That's a lot to that's a lot to process. It's a lot for them. Like they are just trying to live their lives. It's really like honestly. Very, it was very kind of them to forgive her in her last moments 
Because they were they like, man, I if I were in their situation, I would be like, man, I don't fucking know what's going on. Like, yeah, this is a, but I be, I don't know you from anybody. They lost was did they lose? Did did Graypool die in this book or was that the previous book? I feel like it was the previous book, but maybe it was this book. That scene with Graypool and Tiger Star was really fucked up. I think it was. Oh, this damn! Book. She did die in this book. Damn! So yeah. much happened in this book. So much happened in this book. That scene. That scene was fucked up because she's also Gray. Graypool was also suffering from some dementia in her old age. It seemed, and she accidentally revealed stuff to Tiger Claw early in or Tiger Star earlier earlier in this book about the uh, the quote unquote uh, kits from Thunder Clan. Yeah, that scene is rough when he like scares her so hard she falls down uh, a hill and yeah. hits her head on a rock bro yeah and he just looks at her man tiger star villain of all time <laughs> real the last the last thing i have to say is that uh ending the book with fireheart looking at gray stripe and saying let's go home yes we are so fucking back this rules yes there the were boys. some there were some great gray stripe fireheart moments in this book i just gotta say <laughs> It's true. It's true. I was reading it and was like, yeah, you know what? I get it. I understand mm-hmm. why people are like, yeah, this is this is it. And I'm like, yeah, this is. <laughs> they are in love. Oh, they really are. Yeah. <sighs> you want to take us to the Aaron corner on that? Yeah. Happy note. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you might have heard pain in my uh, in my voice, dear listeners. That's because it's a little bit of a different Aaron corner today. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. I was once again struggling to find uh, like uh, anything of particular interest, any trivia, etc., to to share about the writing of this particular book. And I had gone onto the Warriors uh, official website to to maybe find some some information. And instead, what I found was a uh, an article all about the new official artwork for the upcoming revised Ultimate Guide. Mm, there's some uh there's there i there's guys, some I'm art pretty, that we're a little suspicious of i'm pretty sure there's i'm pretty sure there's some ai art happening here i don't want to come for mr owen owen richardson uh who is the, the artist who has been doing all of the like re-release and uh and like redone covers uh but uh i feel like the i really get the the feeling that uh there's one <laughs> There's one here specifically of some characters that we will meet in the next arc, Stonefur and Brooke. Wait, this is Stonefur. Then no, Stormfur. This is Stormfur. Okay. I know. It always confuses me because Stormfur and Stonefur have such similar sounding names. Fucking names. Stormfur and Brooke are characters that we will meet in the next arc. And there is some uh, artwork of them. And they're just Brooke's whole Brooke's whole bottom half is just missing gang. It's bad. It's really not. I I don't want to be mean. It's really that a computer has has touched this. I, I really think that it is either Owen Richardson himself under penalty of deadline or like some helpless intern had to feed this image through an AI to widen the field of view because the cats themselves are really pretty okay, but there is this like bottom third or quarter of the image uh that's just just really not working um and there were there were several images that seemed to have some similar issues of like maybe ai touch up guys just give uh just a general give your artists enough time to finish the work that they're doing um give them enough money pay them properly 
to be able to do the thing they want to do. They shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be feeding things through AI. You shouldn't, like, just don't do it. Just, yeah, it sucks. Like, I don't have any, I have, I have a lot of words about AI. Mm -hmm. But not necessarily, this podcast is not the place place to say them. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, as an artist myself, it just hurts to see this kind of thing. I like my heart goes out to the artists that have to do this for whatever reason, like yeah. because I think more in a than lot likely of, in a lot of cases, deadlines and mm-hmm. crunch work. Yeah, with a in a lot of cases, I really think that it is a crunch issue. Uh, it is there aren't really that many like tech bro artists out there that uh are getting you know like contract work i think um it's usually people who are in a very difficult situation or perhaps even sometimes it is images being altered like after they've been sent in because i i swear that they were just like we want more of this image yeah um it definitely looks a lot like that kind of expanding the the field of view yeah uh but uh yeah we uh but just End on a end on an unrelated but pleasant note. We are, as I said earlier, we're with Cherith Baldry on this one. Cherith, you really popped off with this book. This is a great book. Um, it might be my favorite of the original uh, run of the of the first six books. Love this one. Yeah, good time. Yeah, let's uh, let's head over to sharing tongues. I don't have a ton, uh, but you know that's okay. Uh, <laughs> checking in on Ao three, not. I, there's fewer than 20 uh, tagged for this book in particular. Uh, there was one where uh, that is a continuation. I think I mentioned it last time of an AU where Yellowfang was saved instead of Bramble Kit. Yeah. There was uh, I paste I put in this uh, screenshot of the tags and summary for this fic. It's called Hyraith. A homesickness for a home to which you cannot return, a home which maybe never was, the nostalgia, the yearning, the grief for the lost places of your past. Uh, and it is about Blue Star and her kits and Oakheart. And it's a, I, from what I could tell, it is a very introspective character study. Uh, looking forward to reading that. Seems like it'll be a real sad one. Ow. A couple of folks have written Swiftpaw's death scene. Uh, Ow. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. But also, you know what? That's a great idea for a one shot because they do that not is. show it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swiftpaw has ninety nine tagged fix on Ao three. Swiftpaw is a a a very he's, popular he's minor. He's a character. very popular minor character. Um, there is some. There's like a series of AU like AMVs on youtube that also feature a lot of like long tail and swift paw yeah i think it's like it's a good place to explore yeah definitely um i did paste this one because i do want you to read it i also need to read it but it is a sandstorm character study Ooh. uh it's technically also i think some of her some darkest hour stuff which is why i'm like "Mm, maybe we shouldn't but her thinking about the the fact that Tiger Star killed both Redtail and Brindleface. Oof. Um, because, mm. if I'm not mistaken... I always forget that... Well, well the, actually, Sandstorm's father is, uh, I believe, a kind of... Uh, or it was, at least it was for a long time, a point of contention in the fandom where they didn't... It hadn't been confirmed, and so yes. there was a lot of... Uh, 
who is Sandstorm's father. But a very popular headcanon was uh, that Redtail was her father. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is kind of an exploration of that feeling uh, of how how Sandstorm feels because uh, Tigerstar killed killed Redtail and Brindleface and how she how she kind of feels about him Fuck so yeah. yeah i like sandstorm so much i like sandstorm a lot <laughs> she's such a i love girl. sandstorm uh, she we, puts up with so much she does she puts up with so much um have some more of that russian woodcut art um, yeah this is great yeah this blue star is fascinating uh i really love it has just a blue star laying on the moonstone looking up at the sky and there's like these stars falling in a waterfall on her it's very yeah, cool it's, it's very cool abstract she looks like a dog she does look too. like a wolf i was about to mention that she does look like a wolf blue wolf <laughs> next we have uh, from chaotic trash on tumblr fireheart carrying on with his deputy shit while his clan is literally falling apart his arch nemesis is on the loose his leader is losing his her mind. His nephew slash apprentice constantly is disobeying him. His crush is giving him mixed signals. His best friend left the clan, and they lost their home and some of their clanmates to a pack of rabid dogs and a literal fire. This and is fine. This is fine, dog. <laughs> like he he's he's going through it. He's let going him rest. It. He's going through it so hard. I feel like I clowned on him a couple of times in this episode, but for real, Fireheart is going through well, it. Well, and this and is what the next one that I found. The next one that I found is from Splash Spec, and it's rereading the prophecies begin for fic research is such a weird experience because there's moments I've completely forgotten about over the years. Like the time Fireheart literally staged a mini coup because Blue Star was about to start war with Wing Clan over nothing. How come we don't talk about that more? Because like... <laughs> This plot is non-stop. Like, there's For just so real. much that happens. Everything is happening all the time. And it really is. Like, everybody is angry at him also. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, it's, they're angry at him for most of the, thi- most of the things that they're angry at him about are things that are out of his control. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying really hard. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, I have found some art of uh, Blue Star being chased by one of the dogs uh, which I think it's just really like I just think the the dog is very well like shown in this. I think it's really good. Yeah, very evocative. It. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, you know, it from what I can tell, people are very positive on this book. Which yeah, yeah, duh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. It Definitely good near one. the top of my list of the things that we've read. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm putting it on my list for Julia. Yes. As, uh, this is one of the ones that you should read, uh, which also means I'm putting it on the list for AJ. So <laughs> <laughs> one day we will we will grasp them all in our net. The tangled one day, web. Join us. <laughs> uh, on that note, why don't we head to our uh, Warrior Cat of the Week? Hell yeah. Who, who have you picked this week? So I'm pretty sure I picked a character that, that you picked for the simple fact that they are a character you very much enjoy and had some pretty good moments in this uh, this book. My cat of the week is Brackenfur. <gasps> oh my gosh. This is not my pick this <gasps> week. Really? Uh, interesting. Uh, Who's your pick? My pick 
is actually it's a tie. It is a it is a duo. It is Cloudtail and Brightpaw. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I I could. There's just so many really good scenes there for them. I also believe I I picked Bracken for either last episode or the episode before. <laughs> so I was trying to like not do the thing of just be like Bracken for. But I'm so I'm so excited that he got he got uh, a mention here. Um, Really, he is an exceptional boy in this episode, in this, uh, in this, this book. Yeah, I, I picked Brackenfer because specifically, like, this is the moment when I was like, oh, this makes sense. Now I realize why he is Scout's favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, everything makes sense now. Everything, everything <laughs> makes sense now. I watch, I watch that cat play with a small deaf child and I get it. I understand. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, of I, course Scout imprinted on this one. I see into Scout's soul in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he he definitely like it was it was almost, but I was I was trying to like be cool. Um uh but yeah, so Cloudtail and Brightpaw together kind of uh as a duo for this one. I think they both have incredible moments. I think they have incredible moments together. Um we didn't bring it up at the scene, uh where Cloudtail brings Brightpaw to meet Princess, and Princess is really scared of Brightpaw because Brightpaw has uh, this scarring and has been really terribly injured. And like Brightpaw goes and looks in uh, in a puddle and sees herself, and that's another one of the moments where Cloudtail says, "You're you're still beautiful to me." It's just like, ooh, yeah, it hits. It hits, man. This book hits. This book hits. It was really hard to pick pick a favorite because it's it was a, it was a hard it was a hard pick for so sure. many shining moments. Oh, so many good ones. Oh, man. All right. Please read this book, guys. It's so good. <laughs> like it's so good. I genuinely. Genuinely read this one. This one's so good. Wow. Ah. Uh, well. Dear listeners, do you have thoughts, opinions, questions, or memes to share with us, well, you can write to us at pawsandclawspod at gmail.com. That's pause as in what a cat has, claws as in the part of speech, pod as in podcast. We are also on Twitter and now on Blue Sky at Paws and Claws and on Tumblr at Paws Claws Pod. Listeners who are 18 years and older can come join us on Discord, which will be linked in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, or Blue Sky at Humble Goat, and you can see the art that I do, including our podcast cover art, at scoutwilkinson.myportfolio.com. Links to all of that, as well as my Kofi page, will also be in the show notes. And you can find me still on Twitter at plot underscore twists, on Blue Sky at plot hyphen twists, or on Tumblr at antique hyphen romantic. Our next episode will be out in two weeks, where we will discuss the super edition Leopard Stars Honor. Read along by buying the book from a local bookstore or checking out a copy from your local library. Until then, dear listeners, may Star Clan guide your paws. <laughs>